Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast that is definitely the full center of my intention and enthusiasm tonight. I'm not distracted even slightly by the fact that I managed to wrangle a press ticket for the Batman this evening, which is, you know, what? Yeah, so quiet. Kept that quiet. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm quite lucky here. This would absolutely normally be Hannah's, but Hannah made the strange decision to not be in London the week she should have been able to magically predict might be the Batman press screening. So, uh, you know, I'm afraid it's mine. I guess they just don't have cinemas in the north, so they couldn't couldn't make it work. None. No, no. Abandoned coal mines. <laughs> um, but anyway, Batman aside, there is a lot to talk about this week. There have been plenty of big launches uh, that we are going to run through. The main topic for today is Oppo's Find X5 series. I have the shiny, fluid, ceramic-y Find X5 Pro with me here. I've had it for a week, so I am ready to give a full review of the Find X5 Pro let you know everything I think of it as someone who also used the X3 Pro and the X2 Pro before. So I think I have a pretty good sense of where it sits in Oppo's lineup. Then we are turning to Vivo, or more specifically, Aiku, Vivo's gaming brand. Uh, Hannah were trying out the Vivo Vivo Aiku 9 Pro (laughs) this week. I know. Uh, Yeah, the Aiku 9 (laughs) series also launched this week just a couple days ago. That one's actually an India-only launch, but it's the international global launch of a phone that also launched in China before. We're going to talk about the range, whether we think they're going to come out anywhere outside of India or or not, and yeah, what what, what exactly they offer. And then finally, we are going to turn to some of the stuff coming next week, because of course it is Mobile World Congress that starts next Monday, although actually there are going to be announcements from Sunday. So we're going to do a quick run-through of everything we're expecting to be announced next week, few predictions, what we're excited about, uh, and yeah, look forward to what's coming. Before that, we have to talk about some of the other news from this week. There's actually been a lot of phone launches, so there are several other phones we could have spoken about on this show, but there just is not the time. Uh, The first one was announced about half an hour ago, throwing (laughs) all of my plans into disarray. Thank you, Motorola. Uh, But Motorola has announced the... This is a little confusing. I'm sorry. Motorola has announced the Edge 30 Pro, which is the Edge X30 and is also called the Edge Plus 2022. But when it's called that one, it has slightly different charging speeds. Uh, Toddy, do you want to try and explain what's going on? Yeah, so the Edge X30 Ooh. was Motorola's kind of bid to get be the first company to have a phone with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, um, which launched in China early December last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it on the show at the time, um, and it's a really impressive looking piece of kit. It's a very aggressive player by Motorola. Uh, at the time, there was no kind of word on when that phone, if that phone would be launching elsewhere. Then rumors started to mount about an Edge 30 either Pro or Ultra was the name banding, like floating around. And then... Um, Motorola teased just last week about 24th of Feb being the date that they were going to bring a new flagship to the table. And today we have that in the Edge 30 Pro, which is for Europe and India, um, I believe is the market, main markets. That is how the phone is manifesting. And yeah, the main difference, the specs are pretty much identical to the Chinese model, the X30, except for a slightly smaller battery and slightly different dimensions. So instead of a 5,000, it's a 4,800 million power battery. I have no idea why they even bothered but they That's did. That's choice, yeah. Yeah, um, and a slightly different um, software user experience because of the markets and, and what appeals. And then the Edge Plus 2022 
is the same phone again, but it also loses the 68 watt fast charging that the other two versions have and comes with 30 watt fast charging and that's US only. Here you go. So yeah, do they I don't know. The same phone the <laughs> with yeah, just incrementally slightly less powerful and good. But overall, you're still getting that HM1 chip. You're still getting a really nice display. It's like a, a super high refresh rate, 144 hertz OLED. Um, some new Did, cameras. Read something like geopolitical into the way that they've launched the best version of this in China, and then <laughs> Asia I mean, and Europe get a kind of yeah, it's almost as good. Yeah. And yeah. then so the further west you go, they're just they they're stripping out features as it, as it travels west. And for those listening, if you're not aware, Motorola is nowadays owned by Lenovo. It was once owned by Google. So like maybe there's something to read into that in terms of Chinese versus American <laughs> companies. I don't know. I don't want to get involved in that side of things, but. Yeah, beyond the battery charging stuff, it's the same phone pretty much. Um, yep. Yeah, top end chip, uh, new cameras. I think it's a fifty meg, a new fifty meg main. That sounds pretty impressive. Um, we're not getting the special edition in Europe or America, from what I've read. Um, in China, they did launch a version of the X thirty with an under display camera, which is the first mm, one yep. that we've seen from Motorola ever. So, as far as I'm aware, that isn't elsewhere in the world. So that's the only kind of other thing that you're kind of missing yep. out on. But beyond that, it's a kind of pretty expected flagship rundown looks nice the design i think lewis you already reviewed the g200 and it has the design that kind of that introduced um yeah and we'll oh, nice. try and get one soon and review it cool uh so that's one phone that was launched today um what else we had this week has also seen the launch of the black shark 4 pro um that's the global launch for the 4 pro it launched in China last year alongside the Black Shark 4. The Black Shark we should 4... We say early last year. Yeah, early well. last year. The Black Shark 4 then launched globally last year as well. And it's been months and months and months before the 4 Pro has been given a global release. This is an odd choice because it's a high-end, super-powerful gaming phone. But it was the high-end, super-powerful gaming phone a year ago. So now it's launching with the Snapdragon 888 at a time where other people are launching HM1 phones. Um, I mean, it's still it's still a beast. It's got 120-watt charging. It's got these magnetic triggers. It's got a lot of top specs across the board. Um, it is a bit odd because it has been so delayed in terms of the global launch that it feels a little incongruous. Lewis, you've actually reviewed this, right? You've been trying it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on, on paper, I was a bit like, this is rubbish. Like, why would you want this? I mean... There is still that there is still that argument of because gamers more than anybody else I think want the top spec yeah. the top top the best of the best and you know that is not it you got you know it's it's kind of two generations behind real kind of a generation and a half behind what's now available um, but I will say for all my thoughts about the specs and stuff like that it still performs just about as good as a a eight plus um, phones that I looked at during the benchmarks. Um, and it's the magnetic triggers and the dis display. Like it's, you know, the all round package is still very nice. You just have to kind of overlook the fact that it's not the best. It's not even the best Black Shark because you've got the 4S in China. So it's not even the best Black Shark. But if you can overlook all that. <laughs> has great. it been priced down a little bit to reflect the fact that the tech's a bit um, older? Or is it still kind of right where you would have expected really. it to be if it had been new? It's yeah. still about, yeah, it's still, it's 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 particularly confusing because um, I, I'm sure you're going to cover this in a minute, but the Red Magic. I was um, literally about to say, so it's funny timing because, yeah, it has come out right at the same time that Red Magic has given a global launch to the Red Magic 7. Uh, there's also a 7 Pro that's coming sometime in Q2. 
which basically means um, April, May or June. Um, but yeah, that is a new generation flagship gaming phone. Yeah. We've always had Black Sharks and Red Magics kind of coming out together and matching each other spec for spec. And one of them will go slightly faster charging and the other one goes slightly higher refresh rate and things like that. But yeah, right now, Red yeah. Magic is a full generation ahead, which at least for the global market, it's... which is kind of perverse. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you want the best of the best, Red Magic is the way forward. But there is still, I'm not, I'm not going to slate it too much. There is still mm. a lot of love, not, lots of love to give for the, uh, the Black Magic world. Magic. So yeah, the Red Magic Black 7 Shop. is around. This is another one that's actually had a funny little like international snub in that the international version of the Red Magic 7 has a, a meager 65 watt charging speeds uh, ah, compared to 120 watts Rubbish. on Rubbish. the Chinese version. So, um, <laughs> Although I will say once you've, once you've experienced that 120 watt, it is it, really a downgrade. Yeah, it is. yeah right. <laughs> like how long uh, is that yeah. battery going to last in terms of like over a year's worth of charging? It's going to be It doesn't ruined. matter because you can charge it in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but it does still come with uh, a rather stupid 18 gigabytes of RAM in the top model. Oh, so, wow. Why? Yeah. Impressive <laughs> bit of hardware, and I'm sure the Pro 2 is even sillier. Uh, what else? Those are all the actual launches that have come that I think we're worth talking about. But there have been another couple bits and pieces. One is, earlier than we thought, we have renders of the Pixel 7 series. Both the 7 and the 7 Pro have popped up in uh, CAD-design-based renders. I think it's fair to say these look a little bit like the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro. <laughs> yeah, just a touch. Uh, if you were hoping Google was about to revolutionize its divine design language 12 months after revolutionizing its design language, you will be disappointed. I think this is kind of inevitable. I, they were never going to do any more than tiny tweaks to the way these phones looked, right? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think I, the, the distinction of that design, even if it's not necessarily like embraced and loved by all, this this kind of big camera bar move. I think they'd rather have a distinct design and maintaining that with the 7 Series makes sense to me. Totally. I think also it seems to be a typical thing in terms of I think like Samsung, maybe even Apple, like where like a, a design will sort of maintain very similar yeah. features oh. for a couple of generations. And exactly. And we'll actually talk about this with right. the Oppo in a minute, so, yeah. but you know, the Find X5 Pro has a very similar camera design to the Find X3 Pro, which was a huge change for the 3. It's been subtly changed this time around. But much as I like the design, I would expect next year we'll see a completely new design because you do tend to see this, this two-year cycle. Um, final thing we want to talk about before we move on to that is the OnePlus 10 Pro, which uh, we'll be talking about briefly later because we think we might be seeing it at MWC. But it's popped up in the news for bad reasons this week because someone let Jerry rig everything get his hands on it. And it, <laughs> he went through all his normal durability testing that, that he does for pretty much every smartphone he can. Um, the bad news is the OnePlus didn't fare very well. This is the first phone in a very long time uh, that Jerry Rick has actually managed to snap in half with his <laughs> bare hands. Uh, there's no machine, wow. there's no vice, there's no unnatural pressure. He just kind of grabs the phone and tries to break it. Most phones survive that albeit with damage, the 10 Pro fully snaps. Um, wow. This Has he been... Yeah, he's maybe, always maybe he's gone small over the Christmas the break. Way. I don't know. Um, I think people are... It's easy to read too much into this because the, the specific way he tries to break this phone is a way very few people are ever going to exert pressure on the actual phone they have. 
because you've got to put a lot of pressure on both sides of the phone and bending it. He has to bend it in both directions, like alternately to make it happen. Um, even so, it does kind of highlight, I think there's like some structural issues he highlights as he does the teardown afterwards that show why maybe some, I don't want to say shortcuts were made, but there was maybe a lack of foresight in how they planned the, the components internally that left it a bit structurally weak at one specific point and enabled this snapping in a way that other phones seem to be designed to avoid. So yeah. it's not a great look for OnePlus. Just reminds at a me time of, of... where the hits just keep on coming for them, you know, yeah. like nothing's going right. <laughs> Yeah, I'd just be concerned about like uh, back with like the iPhone was it six or six S with Bendgate and that whole fiasco yeah. because of the underlying kind of frame design. That's what I'd be worried exactly. about. So even if it doesn't break in my pocket in half, like if it was to bend, if I accidentally sat down and it's in my back pocket to a yeah. degree that is beyond function. And then, that's kind of exactly yeah. what he highlights in the video. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like, if you keep your phone in your front pocket, fine. Never need to worry about this. But if you keep your phone in your back pocket... <laughs> Don't be a little concerned. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on from OnePlus straight into Oppo to to very closely related companies. Let's talk about the Oppo Find X5. So today at 11 a.m. this morning in the UK, Oppo unveiled the Find X5 series in a welcome global release. Because so often we get these Chinese first releases and we have to sort of uh, wait for the global information. But Oppo has revealed everything globally all at once, which is a really nice change. They have done this just before MWC, which is an interesting play in terms of the timing, especially because we know they have some MWC announcements coming too. But here we are. There are three phones in the Find X5 series. There is a Find X5, a Find X5 Pro, and a Find X5 Lite. Uh, the Lite we're going to skate right past. Uh, we mentioned this before. It is the Reno 7. It is the global version of the Reno 7 5G with a Dimensity 900. That just is what it is. It's had the name changed for this release. You may also note, if you look at our spec list, that it is also the OnePlus Nord CE2. Um, I, you will struggle to pick the specs apart of those three phones. So, yeah, it, that's what it is. It's pretty much the same price. Um, it's actually a little more than the OnePlus in the UK, which is interesting. They're sort of pricing themselves higher than their own phone with identical specs. Which paying for the color os yeah, I, I i also thought looking at it that it's definitely got some competition in the mid-range space generally like of all the three phones that were launched this was by far the one that i was like it's very yes, the light is, is <laughs> but, um, yeah you know unfair as it may be the light is not a winner because it's you know the reno 7 came out a, a couple months ago it's already a couple months old it's been undercut by the nord in, in the markets that they share, where the Nord is the exact same phone, but cheaper. The designs are slightly different, so there are there are some tweaks to how they look, and the software will be slightly different. So they're not exactly, exactly the same, but they are very, very, very similar, and the core spec sheets are, are pretty much identical. Um, but Do you think it's um, just a way to make the Nord look better? They're like, let's just price it a little bit higher so that the Nord looks like the better one. No, I think it's about brand positioning. It's about how they see Oppo sitting in the market versus how OnePlus yeah. does. Yeah. And, they want to have Oppo covering lots of price points, just like OnePlus does, and and things like that. Um, and as I said, they do look quite different. So I think from from the perspective of a visual shopper wandering around a phone shop, they look fairly different from terms of the coloring and the finishes they've gone for. So they'll appeal to different people in that way. Um, but the other Find X five phones are a bit more interesting. So we got the Find X five and the Find X five Pro. Um, the the Find X five actually. It's quite close to the Pro in a lot of specs in a way that has um, impressed me. I have had the Pro 
for the last week. So I'm going to focus on that. I'll try and, and highlight the differences in the regular model as, as we go. But yeah, I've had the Pro for a week. I've been testing it out. I published my full review on techadvisor.com today. So you can go and read that if you want to know in a little bit more depth what I think of it. Um, but yeah, basically, Oppo flagship. Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 inside. There is in China, interestingly, a Dimensity 9000 version called the oh. Fine X5 Pro Dimensity Edition. Uh, but Oppo did confirm to me that is China it's only. So that's not that coming bothered. anywhere else. Uh, yes, yeah. it's very odd. It was always also, a bit odd because they announced a while ago that they were using the Dimensity 9000 and the HM1, and everyone assumed one of them was in the regular model and the other was in the Pro, but that uh, is not what they've done. Okay. So there just is a Dimensity version in China for people who, who want that, um, which could be an interesting chance for some really direct performance comparisons uh, yeah. between those two chips in a way we can't get elsewhere, where you can have the exact same, like, same chassis and cooling and everything else with different chips inside. But, yeah. Uh, well, I, I'd say it's fair to posit, like, the average consumer is happy to have, like, different color options, different mm. chipsets in the same class and model of phone mm -hmm. maybe will be beyond most I would imagine so. Kind of I mean, I, I'll admit, preferences. I don't know the Chinese market super well, but I'm would presume that even in the Chinese market, the average sure, consumer isn't going around picking between Snapdragon's dimensities with a really clear head. I'm picturing, I'm picturing the Drake cell phone meme right now. Yeah. <laughs> with the dimensity in the Snapdragon. <laughs> it, it may be something like one of them's a network exclusive to oh, maybe. somewhere in China or, or a retailer exclusive. Yeah. I'll admit, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. Broadly speaking, it's an 8 Gen 1 phone. Uh, it comes with 12 gig of RAM and 256 gig of storage. No no options there, which is kind of refreshing. There's a, a simplicity like that. to that. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose we talk about the design, because the design is very interesting. Um, so it's available in black or white. I've got a black model. I have to say the white model looks way nicer from the it, renders I've seen. I've not seen it for person, this show. Yes. It looks yeah. so cool. The white is great. I'm very jealous of the reviews <laughs> who got the white model. Um, but... Yeah, it looks similar to the Find X3 Pro. Oh, and brief digression on the name, because I know we've spoken about this before. So yeah, it's Find X5. They skipped 4. We had speculated that this is because 4 is an unlucky number in, in China and, and in lots of Asia. Uh, someone did ask Oppo in my briefing why they changed the name. And the, the answer is a little odd, I'll admit. The official line I got given is that the Find N foldable was the fourth generation of Find. And thus, they have gone straight to five what? because that was the fourth. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I don't want to call Oppo out, but come on, that's clearly nonsense. It's clearly the superstition about four, and that's fine. But well, yeah, don't be ashamed yeah, of it. Just, just admit, <laughs> like, it, yeah, fine. four yeah, is a difficult yeah. market number to sell in, in a lot of markets around the world. We skip it. You know, it's it is up. what it is. Uh, yeah, it's does. a little bit of an odd take. So yeah, they claim it's because the Find N is kind of the Find X4, but I don't know. I, I wonder whether like somebody has written an op-ed on this or something and like it's in response to that, like that they have to have a line available or I don't know. Like, I'm yeah, sure someone just internally weird. just decided yeah. it, they didn't want to... Maybe they thought it looked funny to look superstitious. Maybe they just thought that explanation wouldn't work land well on western ears maybe they thought you know I, I don't think the number four being unlucky is well known enough in the west to give that as a reason i don't yeah. i can see all the reasons they might internally jump to that but yeah i i 
I struggle to believe that they're really sitting there thinking, well, the fine den is the four, so this is the five, even though we never use the number four anywhere near that phone. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, similar design to the Find X3 Pro, most notably that camera module, which has the sort of curved, um, curved back that comes up and over the camera module, makes it pretty seamless. They've actually made it even more seamless. So like previously there were, there were small rings around the lenses and they've removed those. Those were protective, but they kind of broke the design up a bit. What they've done this time is removed them and then fractionally sunk the lenses into the chassis so that that protects the lenses from scratches. But okay. aesthetically, it looks cleaner um, and, and slicker. The, the big change on the camera is the angle. If you, if you know, it kind of sits at a diagonal along the bottom edge, which... Oh. Drew a lot of attention when the, the first renders came out and everyone thought it looked very strange. There is a rationale to this. And fair play, as soon as they said it, I realized it really makes sense, which is that the idea is that that is the angle your finger sits at when you hold the phone. And so what it is, is you've got this kind of comfortable, smooth, curved edge that your finger rests against and bears the weight of the camera module in the top half of the phone. And I, I, I thought I was skeptical. This sounded silly to me. And then I clocked that I was very naturally holding the phone that way. My finger very yeah. naturally kind of sits in that position. And it does make the phone more comfortable. It also means your finger doesn't go up over the module and block the lenses and, and leave smudges, you know, finger, finger in the photos. You have a very clear sense of, of where it is. So... Yeah, I, uh, normally these things sound like nonsense to me, but it, as I've been using the phone, yeah. I've realized, you know what, that does fit how I hold this thing. I think they might be telling the truth there. Yeah, it definitely feels like absolute lies. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's why. But if you're saying that's where your hand, your hand falls, then, I mean, For me, at well least, my hand design, very naturally like, falls in that position. So, yeah. That kind of thinking, like, it's not always dawn on phone makers to design phones that are ergonomically <laughs> approachable. I mean, it's, it, 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 <laughs> it made that. me think, because funny yeah. enough, I have a friend who uses the Find X2 Pro, so that doesn't have this kind of style camera module. Um, but anyway, one of his big complaints about that phone is that his he routinely finds that he holds it in a way that his fingers block the camera lenses, and that. it keeps yeah. screwing up when he takes photos, he leaves his camera lenses all smudged, because that's just the way he holds the phone. And it they are very different designs, so I don't think there's a direct through line there necessarily. But it did make me realize, okay, you know, it is an issue, right? So there's something there. Um, the other big change here is that it's a ceramic back now rather than glass, which is, I think, a welcome change. It makes the phone a bit heavier. It's 218 grams, so it does feel kind of hefty. But it helps. It does feel quite cool to the touch. I don't know... You know, the ceramic has pretty good heat quality, so I wonder if it does actually help with thermals. I'm not sure. I wouldn't want to claim it does. But it does help the whole phone as a whole feel cool and feel pretty premium. Um, and ceramic's fairly tough as well, so there are benefits there. Um, and one quick note, because it did throw me, the two colors of the phone, officially, I know we love our phone, phone color names, they are glaze black and ceramic white. But they are both ceramic. So don't from that <laughs> read into the fact that the white is the ceramic and the black is not. Um, Why couldn't they come up with something else? I know, else? they just clearly Anything screwed else. it. And you could tell all of the Western team, realized, you know, the English language PR team had realized they'd screwed it and were having to correct this as they announced it. But uh, yeah, they are both ceramic, despite the names being a little bit wow. confusing. Is there a case in box? Amazing. With this. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think... We can find out now. <laughs> don't have to. I just the live uh, reveal. Let's I mean, see. I might be wrong because I don't like 
in my mind, the properties of ceramic is that it's great for like things like uh, heat management, but not yep. great for shatter resistance as a material. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like yeah, I was yeah. like, it's heavy, right? So sure. okay. so, yeah, yeah okay. I thought it's quite a so brittle material. Usually, I don't know what this common like this makeup of the, the ceramic. Yeah, using they have is. a name for the specific ceramic they have. I'll have it in my notes somewhere. That mm. they they did claim um, that it is twice as durable as glass oh okay. what i don't know is i assume they mean regular glass as opposed <laughs> to say, gorilla yes. glass victors yeah. sure and so i don't know where it sits on that gorilla glass yeah. scale of, of, of toughness uh, they call it nanometer microcrystalline ceramics hate it hate it hate all of that <laughs> So, you know. what does it mean? What does it mean? If you can't trust what nanometer microcrystalline ceramics, what can you trust, Tori? I do want to see, though, a billboard, and that's the only word on the billboard with a picture of the phone like, and the brand, maybe, but that's that's it. Yeah, sold. Yeah, cool. I'm sold. So, it's a, it's a slightly odd design. I actually really like it. I find most people who see it in person tend to think the phone looks really cool. Yeah, I think but cool. I, I, I can see that it's the kind of design some people will be a bit thrown by, because, and it was the same last year, you know. But uh, if you find it looks a bit odd, if you see one in person, you might find that changes your mind a bit. I, I really, really like the look of this phone. It's one of my favorite things about it. Um, the only thing I want to caveat with, and we were actually talking about this before recording, is at least in the UK and, and the EU, it's covered in text and logos. And this is not entirely Oppo's fault, but it is partly. So... You've got an Oppo logo that they've chosen to put on. That's fine. You've got a big Hasselblad logo that's twice the size that they've chosen to put on. On the camera module, you've got the nonsense Mary Silicon logo, which is the name for their custom uh, mm. image processor. There is no reason the name of that needs to be on the back of the phone. I'm sorry. Uh, and then you've got all this sort of legal text and, and, and icons that are required like for, for certain markets. So it does mean they've got this beautiful design and it's completely ruined by text and logos and stuff. And it feels really, really busy. And some of that, like I said, is out of their control. The legal markings are legal markings. But they had control of the Mary Silicon logo. They had control of the size of the Oppo and Hasselblad logos and the placement. And they have screwed that up as far as I'm concerned. It, it doesn't ruin how the phone looks, but it does detract from it. And it feels like a real shame to me. Um, I guess let's talk about performance and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's an HM1, uh, 12 gig RAM. This is the first HM1 I've used. And I know actually we'll talk about the, the Vivo IQ9 Pro that Hannah's been using because that is also an HM1 phone. Um, performance has been interesting. I mean, for day-to-day -day stuff, flawless you know, totally smooth. Um, in benchmarking this, it heated up a little bit, but not a lot. I know some people have talked about the HM1 having heat issues from, from sort of people who had access to other phones, but it didn't seem to be a problem for me with this handset. I will say the Geekbench 5 score, so that's mostly a CPU test, the numbers I got are bang in line with the 888. It, it was mm. actually slightly, and really by like a off by three points, I think, out of several thousand, slightly below the Find X3 Pro, but functionally speaking, exactly the same as the Find X3 Pro. So for the CPU score, at least for this, no significant improvement year on year for the HM1 versus the 888. However, in GFX Bench, which is the benchmark we use for graphics stuff, big jump. Big jump up in every graphics benchmark, which to me 
feels like it's probably a better reflection of the kind of performance people care about now when they talk about needing performance out of a phone because a lot of that is fundamentally going to be people who want high frame rates in the games they play and based on that benchmarking this is a jump up in terms of the frame rates you're going to get while playing games we talked about the s22 plus last week that i reviewed which is using i'm using the exynos model but it's effectively like the equivalent to the hm1 and i had the same thing where the cpu was pretty much the same as last year in terms of benchmarking scores and general performance in the flagship space is now pretty much so good that you're very rarely going to notice any kind of inherent issues the the gpu stuff yeah again was the same this is also the closest i think based on the equivalent iphones of the generation the closest Mm -hmm. the benchmarks have ever been in terms of graphical output because apple's always outperformed android and it's always been a really significant margin so it's kind of nice that qualcomm's finally like taking that side of things more seriously as i guess samsung is as well with their xms chips terms of gpu performance yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of this must just come down from the core like arm silicon that, that they're yeah. all using for the reference designs but yeah big jump there so yeah from my experience graphical performance improvement if you're looking at core cpu benchmarks you're maybe not going to see the big jump you're looking for but there's not that much that 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 doesn't reflect real world usage as closely and in any case i repeat my you know my usual line which is all every flagship is just equally more powerful than you need it to be for anything other than high-end gaming on your phone fundamentally if you're doing anything else with it then none of this conversation matters to you whatsoever Um, the way i use my phone (laughs) none of this matters to me i'm perfectly happy on a snapdragon 7 series i don't see any performance difference from the stuff i use my phone for i mean i guess does does oppo have its own version of um me emojis oh i don't know because that would be the only other time, yeah. aside from gaming, I where suppose, I feel like yes. having like AR and GPU. Yeah, stuff I guess AR stuff and but like that's you know, such a but... niche. Yes, still getting into it. There's there's very specific use cases. That yeah. I just feel like most people go nowhere now. Um, battery is okay. This is maybe my big disappointment. It's a five thousand milliamp hour battery, which is about as big as you tend to get in an Android phone these days, apart from the old gaming phone that goes yeah. larger. Um, but this still is very much a it's a day it's you know when i go to bed it's on really? 15 20 percent battery left so i don't trust that this would go much further i think a very light user could get a day and a half i don't think anyone could realistically get two days out of it uh, i'm getting about five hours of screen on time to get me down to 10 or 15 percent battery so maybe you'd get six hours total running it totally dead um which I'm a little nervous about that. Um, mm. The one reassurance is one of the things I can't really test, but Oppo does say they've put a lot of work into battery health, and they claim that even after 1,600 charges, um, you will still have 80% of the battery capacity left. I mean, if it's true, Which, then great. Yeah, if that's true, amazing. <laughs> uh, it would take several years to test that. So I have no yeah. idea if it's true or not, I'm afraid. But yeah, in theory, according according to Oppo, it will at least, that current battery level is, it will preserve for a long time. And I'm hoping there's software optimizations, power efficiency optimizations, we can get that, you know, pull a little bit of it back. But at launch, I'm, I don't love the battery life. I don't, it's not awful. You're running... Were you running an adaptive um, refresh rate, or is it solidly top? Or what? What were we what were we working um, with here? I 
I'll double check. I believe on refresh rate, it is adaptive by default. Uh, resolution is adaptive by default. And other than my benchmarking, I've had the resolution on adaptive. Um, oh. The refresh rate, yeah, it's adaptive. So it's, it's, and it should be good because it's an LTPO with one to 120 hertz. So for, yeah. you know, it should be dropping all the way down to one hertz for some use cases. And it is set to be adapted by default. You can't lock it to 120. Um, okay. It has a cool thing that, again, it's kind of hard to test because of the way it's set up. You can't really check how this is working other than trying to judge by your eye. But they have um, variable refresh rate within the display. So if you multitask, it will run different refresh rates for each app in different parts of the screen. Whoa. So if you were watching video in one half of the screen with a WhatsApp conversation in the other half, it might run at 60 hertz for the video for the 60 frames per second video or whatever, that drop down to one hertz on that WhatsApp chat when there aren't messages coming in, even in different, just doing the different parts of the play. I do not understand how that oh, works. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. It's hurting my brain. Just that's amazing. Though. And also, yeah. I, what, is it is it worth the battery savings that you're going to get? Like to go for all this that is what I development all, all the, to do and this. all the algorithmic work going on. Does the algorithm yeah, itself yeah, yeah. drain as much power as it <laughs> <Yeah>. saves? <laughs> Through just the AI processing required to, to manage it, I don't know, but it's a it's a cool bit of tech that it offers. Uh, it the display is great. Yeah. Oppo has had beautiful displays in its last few Finex flagships. This is no exception. I would say, the last two years, the the Finex flagships have felt like clearly the best display on the market. That this time around, nothing other than that jump. There hasn't nothing has really changed dramatically. It's a little bit brighter and stuff. I think that's just a reflection that in the flagship space we're we're hitting that equal equalization point where all the displays yeah. are just as good as each other. No one's really found the room to to clearly differentiate for for a year or so. So it's a phenomenal display. It's one of the best around, but it's not head and shoulders above the others because uh, everyone can build these phenomenal panels these days and and fit them in their phones. So yeah. Um, last thing to talk about is camera, I guess, which is always the big thing with the flagship, and and Oppo's always made a big big fuss. So this is my other disappointment is maybe too strong a word, but I think there's, you know, it's a couple of caveats I have to my review when I talk about the camera here. So first things I'll talk about the bits that are sort of unique, which is Hasselblad, uh, the logos all over the back, but be aware all they provided is software support. It's fundamentally the same stuff as we saw in the OnePlus 9 Pro last year. Um, even though it's nine months on from that, there hasn't been any big change from Hasselblad yet. I wonder if some of that is saved for the 10 Pro, though I, I can't remember exactly what Hasselblad features they hyped in the 10 Pro from the Chinese launch off the top of my head. I don't think anything enormous there either, to be honest. But basically what you're getting here is Hasselblad Orange in the camera app, uh, the Hasselblad shutter sound wow. when you take a photo. There's three <sighs> color filters provided by Hasselblad Ambassador Photographers. And there is a Hasselblad X-Pan mode that takes photos in, I've got it here, uh, 65 to 24 aspect ratio, which is the aspect ratio of the X-Pan cameras. Uh, so that's just a fun little option if you want to take very thin and wide photos. Um, just to get the Hasselblad logo off the back of the phone, just to get one thing off the back of the oh, phone. Oh, so I would cleaner. burn all those features in a yeah. second to get that logo off the back. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> not a doubt in my mind. I would take everything Hasselblad out to get the logo off the back. Yeah. 
So it, it genuinely does feel like it's just branding for branding's Absolutely. sake at this point. Like they, it doesn't seem like they're bringing anything to the when, table. Like I think with with Huawei and Leica, they did their partnership. You noticed that there was there was a step in, up in when Leica got involved there. Yeah, and, and you could tell yeah. that has not been the case with Hasselblad. They are they're adding some color calibration stuff as well, but it's I don't know. Again, and the color stuff is good here, but it's not perfect. Just like it wasn't perfect in the OnePlus Nine Pro last year. So it's not obvious. That it's not like they've come in and I can say, "Wow, suddenly this has the best color tone of any smartphone camera." Because Hasselblad came in, there just hasn't been that kind of jump. Um, is it is it just general consistency versus the subject you're taking a photo of, or do you mean between the sensors, the color accuracy just isn't isn't there? It mostly is there. No, I don't want to knock the color actually. The, yeah. and there is color consistency between the sensors, and that is good. And um, that was one of my big gripes with the 9 Pro last year, and it's much better here than it was there. It was only in low light that I managed to get the sensors to, to pull apart, and that is one of the strengths here, just like it was on last year's Find X3 Pro, partly because they've got that same thing where they have the same sensor used for the main and the ultra-wide. They're both using the same 50-megapixel sensor, so there's a real consistency nice. to those two. But they've also managed to tune the telephoto to feel very, very similar. That's cool. So when you're diving between the three, the quality is absolutely comparable. It almost looks like you're just diving between props of the same image because they are they are so close and they've been tuned very well. So that is good. And I don't know how much that is Hasselblad and how much is Oppo. But they pretty much had that last year when Hasselblad weren't involved. So I'm hesitant <laughs> to ascribe too much of the benefit to Hasselblad's yeah. involvement, right? Um, the other unique thing here, obviously, is the Mary Silicon X NPU, which is Oppo's own silicon. This this image processing chip they've thrown in that they've designed themselves. Um, it's very hard to assess what this is doing, obviously, because it's not like it's something you can turn off and on and and, and see what it's contributing. Uh, for its part, Oppo says it plays a lot of uh, it's doing a lot of AI stuff, um, particularly around night mode um, and night mode video and things like that. Um, it probably is. The night mode stuff here is very good. If I have a headache with this phone, with this phone's camera, it's that for the things they focused on, they're still not the best around. So the things they focused on are those core main lenses and particularly delivering low light photography from those lenses. So they actually addressed um, taking out the micro lens, that fun microscopic camera I was from ask last about year's. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they also addressed why yeah. they didn't put in a periscope zoom. So there's there's no five times zoom or anything. The telephoto here is isn't even three times. It's only two times actually. But what they said is that from their perspective, they can think consumers care less about those things and more about low light performance from their main camera and their ultra wide. And they think that's what people really want those core lenses to do really really well in all conditions. And that's more of a more important to them than gimmicky fun micro lenses or extreme zoom. And I think they're probably right there. I think that's totally reasonable, and I'm yeah. I'm behind that hundred percent. When they throw everything they've got at those features, though, I want them to knock it out of the park and be the absolute best. And it is very, very good. The night mode shots are great, particularly the wide angle. Uh, the ultra wide is surprisingly good, which is interesting because there's no OIS on the ultra wide or the telephoto. So I've been impressed by how good those can be. Equally, sometimes they're crap. I took one low light shot with the ultra wide where it just blew out every light in the frame. Um, and couldn't handle it at all, whereas the, o the OIS stabilized main camera handled it perfectly well. So there is still variation there, and I'm a bit frustrated at that, especially because I know that the, ca the camera I'm thinking of when I say I thought this would be there is the Vivo X70 Pro Plus, 
Vivo is also part of BBK. It's the same company structure if you go up high enough. But the way Vivo approached, Vivo had exactly the same approach, basically, which is that they really just went all in on stabilization and low light performance. But they put OIS on, I think, every lens on the X70 Pro Plus. And the difference Ooh. is enormous. You know, yeah. the wide angle low, low light performance of that phone is absolutely second to none. No one even comes close. So, I mean, a funny, funny say here, but I think the, the camera performance here is great and the low light performance is great, but it's not the best. And from the way they're positioning it, I feel a bit like it should be the best. And I'm a bit disappointed that it's not because I, given um... the price, it's a bit close to the Ultra phones. It's a little cheaper than S22 Ultra, say, but it's close. And if you're looking at those and saying they give me a periscope zoom and some other stuff, you know, a stylus in the S22, you know, the stuff this one does right, it has to do comfortably better than the S22. And I don't think the margin is big enough. Sorry, Hannah. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say, um, so obviously we've not had the Find X5, yep. regular Find X5 in yet to be able to see this, but like particularly looking at those camera specs side by side, like I think the main and the wide, they are nearly identical. There's only like a yep. couple of very small details in there. So, but the main, the regular Find X, uh, let me just double check on the prices. It's it's closer to the S22, the regular yes. S22 in oh, price. Wow. Um, the downgrade, it, I think the downgrade it makes is it runs on a yep. Snapdragon 888 obviously like you know lots of other ones are on that but it's still it's not like a it's swapping out for a crap chip totally. or anything like particularly, you know, it's still, particularly for the camera i think that's where i look at and i kind of want to i want to see how well the regular find x5 does because yeah as hannah says camera setup mm. is almost identical you still get the mary silicon mpu it's the same lenses and sensors basically for all cameras including the selfie one the main camera is a f1.8 on the regular and f1.7 on the pro so the aperture is slightly different um there's five axis ois on the pro and two axis ois on the regular um and the lens materials are slightly different so there are these really finicky nitpicky details to the main lens construction but the ultra wide and the telephone yeah, are literally I've, I've... exactly the same and i think the main lens is so close i wonder is it... that... yeah yeah I've got the exact spec, so it's the downgrade. So with RAM, it's eight gig rather than twelve gig, but it's seven hundred and forty-nine pounds. So it's a big jump yeah. between the two of them. So yeah, I'd be I'd be really intrigued to see how this how they stack up against one another. Once trying to justify the pro suffix, like I mean, within the context of its own range, like I don't, yeah, I only yeah. ever really credit it, Sony's Xperia Pro line with being professional it's products, but. It's a little bit like, to be fair, the way Apple does it, which is the stuff they've put into the Pro line is, yeah, the really minute technical changes yeah. that you probably have to know what you're doing to even notice yeah. the difference on the spec sheet and to care about them. And they will generate some difference and there's some quality there. And if you know how to make the most of it um, and, you know, if you know you need the extra RAM, if you, you know, the 888 is a phenomenal chip. So, like I said, the average person will be more than happy with the performance of the 888. You don't need the HM1, things like that. So, yeah, I think in a way it is a bit like that kind of line of trying to say, yeah, the pro model is if you know the tech and if you know you use your phone in a way that will maximize it, you'll get the benefit, but maybe the average person won't see that. And it kind of fits the suffix a bit better. Yeah. But um, yeah, I agree with Hannah. The regular Find X5, we haven't reviewed that yet. 
it looks very compelling on paper for what it offers at the price it's coming in. Uh, it's worth saying the design is a little bit different. It's not ceramic. It has a lower IP rating. It's IP54 rather than IP68. And it doesn't have quite the same curved camera module. So it doesn't look as slick. The regular, oh. the regular one is the <laughs> downside. Um, it's the display is a bit different, but it is a smaller display. It's six point five five inch on that one. So if you like your phones, it's not a small phone, but you know, it's a little bit smaller. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, we need to wrap on. I, I've I've gone on about this phone for forty five minutes, uh, but <laughs> I like this phone a lot. I really, really do. I loved the Find X3 Pro. I, th I think I love this phone too. And I could see it being the kind of phone I could come back to and make my main phone. Um, it feels like an all-rounder is where I landed on in my review. If you're the kind of person looking to drop a thousand, it's a 1,050 pounds, it's 1,300 euros. I don't know why Europe got, got shafted there. I'm, I'm sorry. The pricing in Europe is pretty, pretty unfriendly. But if, you're, if yeah. you're the sort of person willing to drop that money on this phone, what you will get is a phone that is very good at everything it does. I don't think there's a single bit of this phone that is bad. The battery is okay. And the camera is very, very, very good, but not the best. But like everything else is, you know, kind of hard to fault. There's, but there's no single feature here where I could say that's the USP of this phone. That's the, the one thing that if that's your passion, buy this phone for that reason, um, except perhaps the design, because I think it's one of the best looking of these flagships. And maybe that's where it settles. Oh, yeah, that's sure. the thing it, it does best. But, you know, you could look at the Vivo X70 Pro Plus and say night mode photography. You know, that is the best phone in the world for that. Absolutely. That's what that one knocks out of the park. Uh, you could look at the iPhone 13 Pro Max and say filming video plus being an Apple device, but still, filming video is the thing. That one does better than any other flagship. S22 Ultra comes in, and it's got the stylus. It's the only one with a stylus. It's, they've all got that kind of thing. The Fine X5 Pro doesn't have that thing. There's no, like, buy this phone if you love X. It's more just, do you want to spend a £1,000 on a really good phone that does everything very well? Like, buy this one, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's cool. It does that. It's great. And it looks really nice, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the USP is, is my only hesitation. Mm. Cool, we need to move on. So let's talk uh, Vivo now, or Aiku, <laughs> the Aiku 9 series, which got its Indian launch this week. There's a few phones in the series. There's some crossover, I would say, in the structure of, of the lineup compared to the Oppo, because there's a few phones. There's a, there's a Pro and a regular model, and the regular model is a Snapdragon 888, and the Pro is a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, and, and, and things like that. Um, Hannah, you've been testing the Pro. What are your, what are your kind of, what's your headline take? Yeah. Initial thoughts, yes. Uh, headline take, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think the sort of, um, I've done uh, an unboxing on this, which is soon to come on our YouTube channel, but like my initial sort of takes on this is that this is a gaming phone. Mm. It doesn't look like a gaming phone. I think a lot of people will be pleased to see this. Like, you know, I think Vivo, they they, they, they typically do produce good looking models, even yeah. on some of the more mid range and that sort of thing. You know, I have this uh, very funky, <laughs> Let me get this right. BMW M Motorsport Edition. 
um, Legend Edition. Otherwise, it's in collaboration with BMW. They're very specific that it's not in collaboration with BMW or with BMW M. Just the tuning house of Motorsport. It's BMW M Motorsport. I think it looks great as a design. I love the design. It looks brilliant. Yeah, it's got this like sort of like white. You used a great phrase for it, Tony. What was it? It was sort of this like because it has like a shimmery odd finish to it. I can't remember. I don't know. Lustrous. Yeah, it was, it was a word I'd, I'd not really heard before. I was like, "Oh, that's a good word." Well, I can't remember it, so it can't have been that good. But anyway, um, and it also has this. Uh, it also has this uh, tricolor racing stripe finish yep. on the back. They've on the seven before. series had that. Some other legend editions on the seven, and uh, there's also. A hey. Oh, that's nice. Oh, nice. Uh, which I have made a use out of. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, you no, don't see you that don't. often. I would say about the the Oppo case, one. considering you've got that lovely ceramic finish, the case looks pretty dull. Yeah, undermining. Yeah, it's not a proper Ugh. black. It's yeah. uh, I'm testing a phone right but... now, which I can't yet say, which has got very similar issues where it's got a lovely finish on the device, but a rubbish case. So it's nice yeah. that. Do you know? Do you know what though? I have noticed because it's bright white, yeah. it picks up marks oh, quite is... easily and uh, and stuff like that. So it's maybe not the most practical. Um, not but, for builders. Yeah. Anyway, we're not we're not doing case reviews. We're doing... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite a it's quite a tall. I would say, like you know, I mean, I know a lot of Vivo phones who sit on the larger side, but like yeah, the sort of ratio of it is like on the sort of taller side. But, um, but it's got a great display as you would expect on a uh, on a top spec gaming phone. Uh, so you've got 120 hertz adaptive refresh rate and 300 nice. hertz touch sampling rate. Um, it runs on, like you were saying earlier, yep. uh, Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I want to go through the full tests, which will be in the review probably coming next week. Uh, but general, I can say general tests and having done some gaming on it, I'm going to do some more. It performs great, as you know, as, as you were saying, like, you know, it, it's able to handle things really, really well. Um, I've not noticed any, like, stuttering or you know anything that you would see or anything that mm. is a little bit less powerful uh it's also got the um i think it's 100 yeah, it watts yeah. fast charging let me just double check that yes Nippy. so um yeah it's it's fast one thing i would say i'm gonna i need to test it some more but i did notice like a, an odd noise Ooh. coming from it while it was doing it which is a little a bit, bit ominous. like <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so i want to i want to see if that is like a common thing that's that's happened with anyone else and or if it's just i don't know um it may be to do again i think we were saying this with the with the uh the real me that i was talking about um mm, using yeah, an adapter maybe. maybe i don't know um but yeah uh i've not uh, it's also fitted with a, a vapor cooling system and i've not noticed the phone get very hot at all it seems to be working quite well um yeah, initial thought. Oh, camera, camera on it. Um, great camera as well. Like you know, it's a gaming phone. You wouldn't expect camera to be at the forefront of what you'd get. But you know, I've been taking shots out and about um, with uh, the fifty megapixel Samsung just had sensor. It's got a gimbal stabilization. It's also got a fisheye cool. wide angle camera. Um, and this this is a thing that they put. They how really wide does it say? How on. wide it's it's um, looking like. That is, yeah, is wide. pretty wide. It's been isn't a weird trend wide. this year, isn't it? Because the Realme GT2 Pro yeah. and the OnePlus 10 Pro, which like, these are all BBK yeah. phones, let's again, because yeah. it's all the same company. Uh, they also advertise having, you know, the widest ultra yeah. wides yet. I don't really get what the appeal is here. I mean, uh, no. just... 
uh, yeah, fi- fish eye photos in particular. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm hoping the, the to see the comeback Ill. of 90 like, skate videos. <laughs> yeah, right. VHS, I was going to say, this is the only thing that goes for is skate videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it is refreshing that Vivo bothers um, to put good camera tech in because, I mean, as I was, I was seeing the yeah. praises of the X70 Pro Plus camera, and, and then uh, this isn't that, but. Vivo has very, very good cameras in its X-Series flagships, and this the, the gimbal stabilization is stuff that they introduced in that line, and now it's you know been brought through to here. But, yeah, you know, you look at the Red Magic or or the Black Shark, and, the you know, Black Shark comes from Xiaomi. Like, they have excellent camera chops, but they don't really bother putting it in the Black Sharks. So yeah, it's no. nice that Vivo does. It recognizes that just because you play games on your phone and you're paying for gaming specs doesn't mean that you don't also want to take good photos you know yeah, i don't want to have, to have two phones sets. yeah <laughs> to have the camera phone and a good gaming yeah. phone that seems dumb well you say that but um it, i think in what was it um mkbhd's um blind camera yeah. test at the end of 2021 mm. the rog phone 5 beat every single no. in blind testing really? like, wow uh, on the blind camera test the rog phone 5 that, that was my the one pick. that everybody chose fascinating like crazy I, I do not understand it huh. but apparently um a brand bias is a thing yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah yeah i think you know gaming gaming phone it is a quite a yeah. niche market compared to the rest of the phone right and i guess that's where this sort of phone sits in a bit of a unique space because yeah it's i mean it's hard to know if the you know if the gaming phone market do want something that looks more like you know sleek and stuff I mean, like that it, yeah because you it's worth saying it's a gaming phone in a sense and, and Vivo positions IQ as its gaming line because it's where it prioritizes specs and performance. But equally, you know, it's not only in look that this isn't the same as the others. You know, we talked about the Black Shock um, having triggers. This has no triggers. They've not gone. There's no additional buttons or inputs or anything like that. There's no fan attachments. There's none of those kind of features that a lot of the gaming phones are introducing that really make them work better as a, as a gaming device, whether it's extremely good cooling or extra input options. Like th- this is a half step gaming device, I guess, where it's kind of performance focused and they recognize that performance focused kind of means gamers will, will appreciate that. And, will, and that's probably the main market who wants to buy a performance focused phone. But yeah they they yeah. they consciously are making it more like a regular phone but that does also mean you're not getting all the features that you get in a red magic or a black shark or an asus exactly it's like you say it's probably it's the sort of phone that like you say if you don't want to get two devices and you want something that you know can pretty much do it pretty well but you're not bothered about all the extra bells and whistles then this might be a good option yeah for sure because i think that there's going to uh, be there's definitely a subset of gamers that just don't like the game of phones like no, the look totally. of them yeah like i'm not a huge fan of the angular design the metal no. and, and the leds like get rid of all that i don't care i've, t- I've talked about it many times this is just a general problem <laughs> yeah oh yeah like they all look oh, like yeah. spaceships that is, that is my everywhere. opinion but um yeah I've- <laughs> I think the biggest thing, though, about this is, you know, it, it was called a global launch, but it's hitting shelves in India. Um, it'd be available from 2nd of March. That's it for now. That's it. And we, when, yeah. When it we've never seen if, you know, an you know, IQ launch to, in Europe officially. Um, mm. I asked Viva about this mm. a year or two ago. So this is old information, to be fair. But, you know, at the time, a year or two ago, talking to Vivo Europe, they were very much like, open to bringing IQ over and talk, to, talk about it as a thing they wanted to do and would do in the future, but that they wanted to get Vivo 
more established before they brought Aiku over. I mean, they've barely launched any Vivo phones in Europe since then, so I I <laughs> wonder whether they're really going to feel like they've they've gotten Vivo especially established in that time because they haven't changed much. So I, I have my doubts about this getting a European launch, but you never know. Yeah, and it's it's a shame because it I don't feel like there are many phones on the market that could you know be it sits in such a unique spot that I think you know there is there are probably loads of people from outside of India that would yep. love to get their hands on one of these, especially <laughs> yeah. BMW. Fans. Yeah, yeah. just for the love, they'd be all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Joey yeah. with the Porsche. <laughs> the- <laughs> we do have one question <laughs> in the chat from Alex Edwards on the on the fisheye thing, which is, is it a fisheye lens that then has software? to remove the the fisheye-ness. Um, I, I can only say from what I'm... My understanding of the way OnePlus handled it in the 10 Pro is that what the OnePlus 10 Pro has is a very wide-angle lens, 150 degree or, or, or thereabouts, that, as a result, has lots of edge distortion. As with all ultra-wides, they use software to try and remove the edge distortion. You know, any ultra-wide is doing that to some extent. They, going wider means more distortion, more software to remove it. Then they actually, I think the OnePlus has a fisheye mode that lets you take photos. But on the fisheye mode, they don't, it's not just the natural lens output. They actively amp up the fisheye effect on the fisheye mode. So that I don't think there's any mode that gives you a completely untouched output of the ultra wide camera. It's either being corrected to be less fisheye or there's a special mode that corrects it in the opposite direction and exaggerates the fisheye effect. How do you spell fisheye? Fish. F I S H E Y E Y. E Y? Fisheye. I like the way that you went through the spiel yeah. of spelling out fisheye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I know how to spell fisheye. But I, I, I mean, I almost caught myself out there because I started hesitating as I was trying to spell out fisheye. So I uh, could have all Didn't gone horribly on the wrong. Spot. I was just curious. F Y S H. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is the classic Vivo problem. I really wish. I was so. I was really happy when they made their big European launch, and I thought they were a brand I liked. The phones I tried from from China, I was very excited to see more of them come out to Europe, and they've just not capitalized on it i don't know i maybe bad timing because it happened all through the pandemic or, but we just haven't yeah. seen a big push from vivo we have see, still see a lot of phones launch internationally and not not come out in europe i mean i was talking about the x70 um series they're not out in europe you know i i had to test really a, an indian version of that <laughs> and it's it's literally the it, best camera in I, any I, phone I... in the world in my opinion and they only sell it in india and china and a, a couple other asian markets it's so frustrating I took the uh, I took the X70. Um, you had the Pro uh, model. You had the X70 yeah, Pro. The yeah, X70 Pro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was yeah. like trying to, I was getting confused all the names. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I took that to Iceland with me, um, oh. so I was really able to like test out some like really cool mm. textures, low light, those sorts of things. And, so I can't like I was yeah, wondering like, how you took those photos when I saw them when you posted because some of them are pretty you know pretty damn good in the low light. 
I, I will tell you right now, it was very tough taking them sometimes because you'd take it, you'd take your hands ah. like your gloves, you go to take it, and then Quick. I'd be like, right, I've got to put my hands back in because my hands are starting to seize up. And like, yeah, it, it did a really good job. Like, you know, it stayed, even when my hands were shaking, it gave a perfectly clear yep. photo. Like, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, was right, like, well, enough singing praises of a, of a phone that came out months ago. Um, let's turn <laughs> you can't to... Buy <laughs> you can't buy anyway, yeah. <laughs> Let's turn to MWC, which is coming next week. Um, I'm I'm excited to say that unless it all goes wrong in the next couple of days, Toddy and myself are going to be there in Barcelona for Mapa World Congress, which feels a little unreal after a couple of years of not getting to yeah. do these trade shows. So we're going to be there. So you can, if you if you watch along on YouTube, you can expect lots of content from us next week. Uh, we will be trying to go hands-on with as many products as we can. And we'll have loads of video coming out from the show with a bit of luck. But we thought we'd talk now a little bit about what we know is coming. Because obviously, especially this isn't a normal MWC. It's the first one in a few years. There's not every brand is taking part. Um, some brands have oddities like like Oppo, who just announced the phone today, but they are still taking part in MWC. So there's a little confusion as to um, what exactly we're going to see. So it felt like a good excuse to run through and, and, and chat through what we know is coming and maybe also a bit of what we hope is coming. So I think the brands that have, have officially said they are going to be there and they are announcing stuff and some we actually know what they're going to announce, but Realme is going to be there. They are announcing the, the global or, or European launch of the GT2 series. We don't know if that's the 2, the 2 Pro or both that's actually getting a launch because... Sometimes they, you know, the global launch only ends up being one phone in the series or something. Um, as far as I'm aware, they haven't said they haven't said which, and if they have, I don't know which I one it is. Things contrary, um, they might have said both. I'm hoping for both at the very least. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but anyway, Realme flagships. Honor is announcing the Magic Four. They've confirmed. Um, we don't know anything else about it. Uh, oh, we know it's an HN One phone, or at least in the series, one of them is going to be HN One. That's been confirmed, but. New Honor flagships, uh, and as we spoke up before, the Magic 4 launching maybe kills any hope of the Magic 3 ever coming out in the West. Uh, but we know Honor's got the Magic 4. We know from CES that TCL is going to talk about the TCL 30 range, because they said months ago that that was the plan, that we were going to... They teased the TCL 30 phone range at CES and then said they would reveal more at MWC. I think we just have to assume that's still the plan. I don't think they've actually said anything more since, but hopefully that's still happening. Feels very mm -hmm. odd with how they do their yeah. products. I don't get it. It's very strange. And I mean, I think they showed something like eight or nine phones at CES. Yeah, so I, I don't know if all of those yeah, are coming to MWC or yeah. not. Um, Please I no. Remember that because it was just like, like you know, like this long list of phones. I, I, like, I'm looking what? forward to going to the TCL stand <laughs> so and just making Toddy film a separate hands-on for every single video in the TCL Please 30 no. series back to back. <laughs> You should time yeah, it. You yeah. should time it. So yeah, like supermarket sweeper with phone hands-ons. Yeah. <laughs> you can just troll the uh, the stand reps. Be like, can you tell me about every feature of every one of these new phones, please? <laughs> yeah, do a supercut. <laughs> yeah, I love that takes. So TCL's doing the phones. Uh, Realme and Honor are moving through. Samsung has an event. Um, they obviously also just launched stuff. We don't know for sure what they're launching. They teased... I mean, the teaser they had for their NWT event started on an image of a laptop unfolding and kind of dwelled on that for five seconds before showing anything else so it seems pretty safe to assume they're launching a galaxy book but um whether that's it or whether there's other stuff i don't know 
and I don't know what Galaxy Book it'll be. Similarly, Oppo has an event, and they've just announced the Find X5 series, but they do have a keynote at MWC. Um, I also have no idea what that will be. There's been so many leaks about the Oppo Pad, their tablet. So yeah, this is what I saw. I saw suspicions of a tablet. Yeah, lots and lots of people hoping that they were hoping. We'd for kind that, of thought that might uh, come this week, and it didn't. Today, um, but... I think actually even today, some yeah. live images of the tablet, like actual photos of it in someone's hands, have turned oh, wow. up. So I think that's been leaked so much that my I can only guess that's what we're seeing at MWC. But... It makes sense because it, it's like the sort of only bit they've ventured into a lot of other yeah. things already, you know, with yeah. like, you know, the wearables and then the earbuds. So it feels like this is the next what's really, natural step. Yeah, what's really weird is alongside the Find X5 stuff today, they announced the global launch of the Oppo Watch 3, which is a fitness tracker, and the launch of the Enco X2 headphones. They've been completely lost in the mix because everyone cares about the phones today. If they're announcing stuff in like three days anyway, and all they've got is a tablet, why not do the headphones and the watch then when they can get a bit of attention? They couldn't wait. <laughs> so exciting. tell you about the Enco buds. <laughs> Do you know what? What if they throw a curveball now and they're like, actually, we are doing the phone. Uh -huh. Oh my God, yeah. Like, Please know. Who wants to take a phone from the lineup? Um, what else? I mean, <laughs> they've got, um, I'm sorry, but say Oppo, they were talking about smart glasses for a while. For years Yes, now, they, they could turn up with concept yeah, yeah. stuff or, you know, or they, AR glasses or something like that. I, I was going to say, yeah. I think it's Qualcomm is... The last one they... Uh, oh, I was going to say, Qualcomm... Well, oh, me? Okay. <laughs> Okay, go, I'll go. go. I'll say, cause, um, I think it was Qualcomm. They've created their own platform for yep. AR design on Android. I think they did that last yep. year, and they've been shipping out um, kits to developers since since late last mm. year. Uh, and there were some rumors saying that Oppo were going to announce a pair of glasses sometime in 2022. So if they've already got their phones out of the way, maybe we're looking at a first pair of smart glasses, something resembling And, and Qualcomm itself has a keynote presentation well, yes, as well during so... the show, though to be fair, they have that every oh. time. And it's normally lots of boring announcements about 5G network infrastructure. Of course it is. So I wouldn't tune into that we love unless it. you're really keen <laughs> on 5G bands. Um, and I am. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, I'll, I'll be there, are. obviously. But um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily trust the Qualcomm keynote to be the announcement of anything massive, but you never know. Um but uh, I was going to say in December, because uh, I, I covered it with you, Toddy, uh, they Oppo released, um, they did a whole thing about assisted reality oh, yeah. glasses, but it was sort of like a yeah, monocle very thing. Odd. Do you remember monocle? this? And I think it was, yeah, it it's looked odd. like it was, yeah, it was only over. So it's designed to be worn with a normal pair of glasses yeah. or they give you a frame and then you it goes One over eye. and it's yeah. like, you know, if you're... Yeah, no. if, if you're These were the ones like, that look like the Dragon Ball Z. I was going to say, it's a scouter. Yeah, it's a Dragon Ball Z scouter. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Over 9,000. Yes. <laughs> and I remember they talked about like a limited China only release. I yeah, think. that I'm sounds right. I'm back a while now, but yeah, I, I wonder whether oh. something like this might be possibly coming to a wider yeah. market. I mean, it was really, it was really impressive because they've done a few like China only sort of yep. glasses things and they've they've come a long way since the start i was not sold on the monocle design personally but you know 
Each bit too Google Glass for me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Time and again, trying to get people to wear tech on their faces is a step too far for like the average consumer, even like the tech savvy consumer. It's just, it's a big ask. It's a big, big ask. It's yeah, I've got the, so um, I've got those Ray Ban, the Facebook Ray Bans. Sorry, Meta they're probably Ray-Bans the most now. approachable. Um, <laughs> oh no, and I even hate then, them. I still feel awkward wearing them in public because I know that I've got a camera on my yeah. Even though I know I'm not yeah. taking videos, I'm not doing any recordings, just the fact that I'm wearing them makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. yeah for sure. Um, what else? So <laughs> OnePlus are going to be at MWC and the OnePlus 10 Pro is going to be at MWC. I don't think OnePlus are launching the OnePlus 10 Pro Look at, at this, MWC. you can't have it. Still. <laughs> <laughs> they've announced it's going to be there they've announced it'll be at the stand anyone at the show will be able to go check it out you can but, look at it yeah they've made no announcement that this is you know when they're going to reveal european or, or your u.s pricing release date stuff like that so I, I don't think we should be expecting that because i think they would have hyped it up a bit more by yeah, now definitely yeah. not after that I have here is this nine hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at the, the the map. Like they're usually like all the booths have like a, an address you can go to, like which hall they're in and, and which area they're in. I am curious to see how close Oppo and OnePlus's booths are, considering the natures of the companies. Ooh, I wonder if they've got one shared booth. Is, Op- is OnePlus going to have a small corner of the? I feel like that's yeah. how it's going to be. I think it might be one one big Just Oppo shoved booth. away. Like, yeah. So indicative yeah. of what's really going on. If yeah. that's the case, so that would we'll, be interesting. We'll like an Argos inside a Sainsbury's. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Another <laughs> exactly. like incredibly British reference point. Uh, this is. I mean, so I found out the other day <laughs> there is a, a Greg's inside of a Primark in the UK somewhere. And I was like, what? What? Yeah. Game changer. Is, is it in, in the middle of the north? It's in the north. Sure, I will look that up. Of course oh, it is. Okay. <sighs> Sorry for everyone Sorry, else who isn't from the British, UK British won't reference. care what that means. People frantically oh, Googling. No, oh, God, Sainsbury's, Greg's, Primark. What are any of these things? <laughs> um, yeah, so OnePlus will be there. They've got the 10 Pro. It's probably not getting a launch. Um, Xiaomi, uh, I don't think, have even announced any presence at the show. So I know this is... I think often Xiaomi have used MWC to do the global launches of their flagships, and I certainly had for a long time thought we'd see the Xiaomi 12 at MWC, but I guess we won't. So if you are holding out hope for that, then then I would lower your expectations because we so far have no reason to think that's on the way, uh, which is a shame. Um, Huawei are going to be there, but... I don't know if they're announcing things or not. They've announced... I'm not sure if have they ever announced a phone at MWC. I'm not sure they have. They usually do laptops and tablets. Yeah. So it could be more of those. I think Huawei will be there to show face and have a bunch of stuff they've already got on sale, even if it's only China or any stuff, just to show off the tech. Yeah. Yeah, I bet oh, there'll yeah. be some P50 pockets on the stand. Oh, for sure, for sure. To play with. Yeah, stuff like um, that. I was going to say with Xiaomi, I think like there has been speculation about whether they'll just have the... Redmi, the newest Redmi's, the Note 11 and 11 Pro there just to show again. Like, oh, so it's true. not like a, yeah. a launch, but they might yeah. have those on I, show. I, I expect Xiaomi to have a booth and have a presence, yeah. um, though I don't know for sure either way and I haven't checked. But yeah, we, we've heard nothing about a Xiaomi launch. So I think that probably a month ago, you would have, I would have been willing to bet that the Xiaomi 12 would launch at this show, but it, you know, it no, no longer looks likely. So yeah, I think the big phones we're looking at are the Realme GT2, which obviously we already know about. It's just we're finding out UK, uh, sorry, global release information. Um, the TCL30 stuff, which is a range of phones no one really cares about. I'm sorry, TCL, but we are going to find out more about them. Uh, and 
the Honor Magic 4, which we know nothing about, except that it's HM1. Um, we don't know how many phones there are in the series. There haven't really been very many leaks on, on the Magic 4 series either, because it's come quite quickly after the last set. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Magic 4 setup is. Um, the only other thing I've heard, like, maybe could happen is that they're, like, it's already apparently confirmed that Motorola is working on a Razer 3, like a new Razer. Yes. This would make sense as a platform to, to announce, yeah. at least show it off, yeah, even if they're not yeah. launching it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm holding out hope for that, just to have another foldable to see on the market. I mean, I'm oh, hoping yes, we'll please. see some <laughs> yes, more please. foldable and rollable tech demos from people, even if yeah. we're not seeing products, because that's often TCL always use. has something like that yeah. on their booth. <laughs> Yeah. You'll get plenty of that. Don't what was worry. it? What about Flex, Flex Pie? Oh, Flex yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm hoping to see the there. Samsung stuff that they showed off at CES. They had some big, um, larger foldable form factors, yes. tablet and laptop oh, size yeah. foldables that were all concept. Yeah, None of it were actual products, but um, I am hoping they are going to be there to go get a look at because they looked really cool, very cool from CES. Laptop size, did you just hmm? say? Make a laptop, yeah. laptop yeah. size, did you just say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think we all, uh, <laughs> you and I, when we went to that CES what, a couple of years ago, it was thick and, and pretty clunky, but the uh, Lenovo, Lenovo X1 carbon foldable, whatever it was called. Yes, I think it was a ThinkPad X1, I want to yeah, say. Something. Yeah, something. ThinkPad but X1 that, fold. That it, yeah. I think that was it. Anyway. It, was, it felt yeah. like very early Gen Harbor, but that was a big foldable in that form factor, which if you want to have and a look that's at that. Asus has got one of, coming yeah. out this year. Asus yes. does. They've got, uh, yeah. Asus has gone, yeah, they're bringing it out, they're announcing it officially. <clears throat> I mean, they teased it at CES, mm. but the proper announcement of it is coming at Computex in a couple oh, of months. Cool. But yeah, it's a, it's a full 17-inch kind of foldable, yeah. fold it in half as a laptop. And I'm, Job's good. I mean, Samsung might bust out, is it the A53, I think we're on now, in terms of A-series? <laughs> yeah, they'll probably save that for an unpacked later in the year. so many leaks about the A53, I think it, I think even just today there was a fresh set that were the A23, A33, A53, and A73. <laughs> so all budget to mid range. Yep. Sounds about right. And, uh, um, yeah, they have dropped more. budget <laughs> phones. They have dropped A series phones at MWC before. Actually, mm -hmm. so that's a good point. We might they might be announcing those. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all if we say saw one or two Galaxy books and a range of A series phones. That would feel like a likely Samsung launch at MWC for me. Yeah. Um, but equally, like you say, they could be saving them for their own their own event in a month or so. Samsung likes to have something launching every month. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Rather yeah. than have everything come, you know, at once in a six month gap. At so once. yeah, give us no, a break. No, no rest. <laughs> That'd be silly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be an interesting show. It is quieter than previous years, and we've had. I mean. Some big brands like Sony announced quite a while ago they were just not not being involved with it. Uh, Lenovo, I think, have mm. confirmed they're announcing things, but they're doing it all virtually. They're not going to be there in Barcelona. So there's definitely some brands that for a while have just pulled out and said, you know, for obvious reasons that, they, that they're not going to take the chance and they don't want to be involved. But this does feel... This feels like it's heavier schedule than CES had. CES didn't have too many big brands there to actually launch products. And this feels like a return to, you know, the next step up. Like there's a, a this is a bit closer to a, a full MWC, shall we say? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to uh, think about how happened last year because they said that MWC was going to happen last year and everybody was like, yep, this is fine. This is fine. And then literally a couple of weeks before 
an outbreak happened and it was it was a carbon copy repeat of what happened in yeah, 2020 exactly so yeah i think basically it was like i was living yeah. well, 20, 2020 so, um, I, feel, they, I feel like a lot of people were cautious 2020 they rescheduled it and then cancelled the rescheduled version that was it It was for the last summer, wasn't year it? i think yeah. they i can't remember if I'm, maybe i'm getting muddled up with the ether one of them held their version but it was press a very limited small i think i'm thinking of the ether yeah that was very limited that was MWC, press only yeah. thing that was not a full trade show by any stretch um i think but nobody actually yeah. went <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bless them. I think, you know, the GSMA really need MWC to happen. Um, it yeah. must have lost so much money over the last two years. <sighs> so I really hope, <laughs> hope this goes okay for them. But uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to have <laughs> a big slew of, of phone and, and phone adjacent announcements over the next week or so. So do look out for it. We will have loads of coverage on the site on techadvisor.com. Um, and yeah, Toddy and myself will be out there. We are going to be going hands-on with as many of the launches as we can fit into our schedule. We've got three days of just non-stop briefings and bookings to go and look at various bits of hardware, mm -hmm. and it's all very exciting. And there'll be loads of that on the YouTube channel, so we're going to try and get as much as we can online. We might, I really want to say might, do some sort of little mini live fast-charge broadcast from the show while we're out there. Um, it really depends on finding anywhere with an internet connection worth a damn <laughs> <laughs> that makes that possible. So yeah. please do not hold your breath because that is very far from guaranteed when you're at these trade shows. Have you got a 5G SIM? <laughs> That's true. We could I just don't. do it all over a 5G phone. Um, I mean, it'll, it'll screw my data up. I think I have to pay for roaming now. But yeah. So uh, there might be something. If not, though, we will be back next week. So we will have a normal fast charge episode next thursday just like just like usual where we will talk through everything that's been announced at mwc i think that would just be a big mwc special where we ramble our way through as many announcements as we can over the course of the hour yeah dom and i would just look a lot more tired that's a lot all. more tired so much more <laughs> hopefully <tired>. tanned <laughs> hey, you might as well get some sun while you're in barcelona it, it's like it nice, 16 it nice degrees C, I think, yeah. versus like 10. Oh, so it's basically summer. Hats. It's a lot warmer <laughs> yeah. than the UK. Flip flops yeah. and shorts. Yeah. Oh, I was there for snow one year. Snow in Barcelona is a very um, novel thing. The locals looked like oh, they had no yeah. idea what was going on. Barcelona snola, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, get out. And with that, we are ending the episode. Thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening this week. Uh, yeah, come back next week. We'll have loads to talk about the MWC stuff. And thank you to Lewis, Hannah, and Toddy for joining me as ever bye for now bye bye guys <laughs> <laughs>